He's another rock wall. And I'm from the rock wall in the house, the rock wall in your pack for a shot i'm surprised i was able to put together a show with not that much news going on but i'll let y'all determine that right so this is king known uncensored eight picks eight picks can you really do that i don't know y'all can y'all really trade eight picks to get one player because that's what the New York Knicks are considering doing. Because the New York Knicks have decided to put their hat in the ring once Donovan Mitchell became available as the Utah Jazz decided to say, all right, we'll see what we can get for Donovan Mitchell. And the New York Knicks definitely want him. If they're thinking about giving away eight picks. But... As I always say about the New York Knicks, this is a very New York Knicks thing to do. Which is funny to me. It's fucking hilarious that the Knicks are even considering trading eight first round picks. Not just picks. No, 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 no. Eight first round picks because if we can recall... The Knicks have received multiple picks from multiple moves that they've made, and they recently paid Jalen Brunson. And they think by some curve that a pairing of Brunson, Mitchell, and Barrett is like gonna be championship caliber. This is the New York Knicks way of thinking. But when, in all reality, this is a trip to the play-in. Need I remind you that the East was really, really good last year. 
And it's going to take more than a pairing of Mitchell, Barrett, and Brunson to get them even into the playoffs, let alone out of the first round. Because Mitchell struggled with Rudy Gobert and all those other teams to get to the Western Conference Finals for a lot of years. So you mean to tell me that Donovan Mitchell, you're going to trade eight picks to just barely make it to the first round of the playoffs? That's is that what y'all telling me? You got to think before you do. Yes, you have eight first round picks. That's great. But what about two? What about three first round picks? I'm telling you right now, there is no player in the history of the game that is worth eight first round picks. The great Michael Jeffrey Jordan is not worth eight first round picks. I'm here to tell y'all. No athlete is worth that level of overpayment. None. I would not trade eight first round picks for Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, or Shaquille O'Neal. I wouldn't do it. Now, two, three first-round picks, two second-round picks, sure. But eight picks? Eight picks, y'all. Just think about how dumb that fucking sounds right now. I mean, obviously, you would have to offer up Julius Randle. That'd be decent compensation, I guess, because the Jazz have needed a power forward for God knows how long. They haven't had an elite one since Paul Millsap. So, my thing is, you can make a decent trade. To bring Mitchell over there, but you don't have to sacrifice your whole entire future and bank on Barrett, Brunson, and Mitchell to carry you everywhere. I mean, I like Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson, but get the fuck out of here. This is the Eastern Conference we're talking about. There is no clear-cut number two team in the East. That's how tight this shit is right now. We don't know who the second best team in the East is. We know that Boston is the best team in the East. But there's no clear-cut number two because Chicago Bulls made big moves. But we're unaware of what identity they have. Miami Heat, they're the only team that's probably left in the market to get a Kevin Durant But we don't know if they're going to move forward with that team. They suffered a couple of losses on their team and regained a couple. Philly, are we going to get a healthy Harden? An in-shape Harden? Hmm? Then we got Milwaukee. Like, people forgot they won the championship in 2021. These motherfuckers not chopped liver. The Eastern Conference champs, they took them seven games without Chris Middleton. Then you, not to mention the Atlanta Hawks, who just got DeJounte Murray, which makes shit scary hours. You can't forget about that talented Cleveland team. You know, if not for them running into Brooklyn, they could have been the seventh seed in the East. Then Toronto, still young and up and coming. 
the million dollar question and then you got Washington with Beal and Porzingis we haven't seen that combination yet so you have to you have to sit and look where do the Knicks fit they're probably still in the same place even with gaining a Donovan Mitchell so think about that for a second is it really worth eight picks or do you build with four of those eight first round picks and speaking of Boston, right? JD Davidson, man, hell of a coming out party for him today in the Summer League. I mean, there's a lot of players that are still left playing because a few players have been pulled. Yeah, we go to uh, Boston Celtics as they beat Memphis's elite summer league team, 91 to 108. We're not going to go over too many of the stats here. We're just going to talk about J.D. Davidson having 28 points and 10 assists tonight. Crazy night for him. As I tell you, the Celtics gaining Malcolm Brogdon to go alongside with, I think they're keeping Derek White, if I'm not mistaken. And then you add J.D. Davidson to go along with Brogdon and Boston's already deep team. Then you got a sensational roster for next year. But I just wanted to acknowledge that. I see Jabari Smith Jr. finally getting comfortable on the court. Like he made, and I saw something that I didn't see in his draft tape, which was He's very exceptional on the defensive end. He's an above-average defensive player, you know, especially on the interior. You know, I had thought that he was only, like, effective on the perimeter defense because of his wingspan, but his defense has gotten a lot better in the summer league. I mean, Tari Eason's already, like, I'm like, I knew this cat was ready. I'm surprised LSU played him off the bench or maybe that was a personal decision um speaking of sad news from the summer league EJ Liddell tore his ACL y'all and he hurt that same knee twice in that game you know because after he initially hurt the knee he went back in the locker room got treatment and came back and tried to play and then on the next couple of plays you know mm. yeah that's a sad story I was looking forward to EJ Liddell playing with New Orleans already newly remastered deep roster that's fit for a deep playoff run so yeah man sad news my prayers go out to EJ Liddell man that's a tough one But people are starting to get hurt in the summer league. I mean, we already talked about uh, Jaden Ivey's injury. Now Benedict Matherin is out for the summer league with a toe injury. 
Uh, Dyson Daniels didn't play in the summer league. Walker Kessler didn't play in the summer league due to a toe injury. Um, a lot of these cats got to preserve their players. I mean, you got our team, you know, the Pistons, sitting out, you know, Stewart and um, Isaiah Livers, you know, to protect them from an injury to get them ready for training camp. Pacers also sat down uh, Isaiah Jackson for the summer league. It doesn't look like the Orlando Magic is playing Paolo Banchero anymore. Rockets pulled Josh Christopher. He didn't play, but I don't know if he's not. I don't know whether he's coming back or not. But those who are still playing that are uh, lottery picks, um, we still got um, Jabari Smith and Tari Eason, of course. You still have, um, let's see, I think Johnny Davis is still playing. Um... I think Golden, uh, uh, James Wiseman is still playing. Kaminga and Moody are still there, even though they're not like the first round picks. I'm just saying like notables that are a lot to be on teams. Malachi Branham is still there, is still playing. Agbaji is still playing. Yeah, I forgot about Shaden Sharp uh, having a separated shoulder. Jake LaRavia is still playing. Jaden Hardy still playing. Chet Holmgren is still playing. Usman Jang is still playing. Uh, dark skinned and light skinned Jalen Williams is still playing. Oh, we have also not yet to have yet to see Adrian Griffin. AJ Griffin. He's battling an injury as well, so got to keep your players safe, man, especially when one gets hurt. Now, the big news of today was DeAndre Ayton. Now, this began in the afternoon today. You know, I reported it on King Known NBA and music talk YouTube page you know I did something for my YouTube people I mean I need y'all to check those two videos out that I did on DeAndre Ayton now you're getting the full version of this shit now y'all got an EP now you got the album of DeAndre Ayton as DeAndre Ayton signed a record offer sheet he ended up signing a four-year, $133 million offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. Now, the Phoenix Suns have gotten away with lowballing DeAndre Ayton to the point where he got frustrated. And then, you know, him getting blamed for losing the series against the Mavericks 
was enough to push him out the door. But lucky for Phoenix, he's a restricted free agent and not a real free agent. And DeAndre Ayton did not opt in for one more year as a son to become an unrestricted free agent, which I felt like if he wanted out of Phoenix, that could have been the best route for him. But however, not even 20 minutes later, the streets alert me once again that Phoenix is matching the contract, matching the four-year $133 million. And in my personal opinion, this may sound crazy to y'all, but Phoenix is in a lose-lose situation. Because first of all, the million dollar question is, do you want to lose DeAndre Ayton for nothing and have to start Bismack Biombo? <laughs> that 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 it within itself sounds silly. Or do you want to overpay for a player who may not be worth that money? That's what I asked on my first YouTube live today. You're in a lose-lose situation because the Western Conference is passing them by. I had told you what Phoenix needed to do in order for them to jump up to the top of the ranks, which is bring in Kevin Durant. But, however, the Brooklyn Nets and their offers for Kevin Durant are being greedy here. First of all, Brooklyn, Kevin Durant is not worth a star young player and four first round picks. No way, not no how. You have a 35 year old man who got injured this season. Then two years prior, I mean a year, yeah, two years prior, tore his Achilles, which is a usual death sentence for players. Are you guys sure that you want to make an egregious offer? I mean, you got to think about this. The thing is, right? Yeah, Phoenix is in a lose-lose. Now... Aiton played well last year. He's a walking double-double. We get that. During the playoffs, there was moments where he wasn't aggressive. But, however, you can't blame that them losing to Dallas on Aiton because Chris Paul and Devin Booker was jacking jump shots that weren't going in. Their shots weren't on, and they continued to shoot. They weren't passing the ball and moving the ball like they were in the 2021 playoffs. So you can't really blame that on him. And then, you know, Monty Williams' criticisms of him on the sideline. But Phoenix had to decide whether they were going to be in the playing game or were they going to make the playoffs with this decision here. So Phoenix ended up matching the offer, where which 
begs another question. Where do they fall in the Western Conference? I mean, honestly, I don't think they're a top five team in the West. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're better than Golden State right now. I don't think they're better than the Clippers. They're not better than a healthy Nuggets team. They're not better than the Grizzlies. They're not better than the Mavericks. They're not better than the Pelicans right now, in my opinion. Now, some may disagree with that, but I don't give a fuck, right? Them and the Timberwolves are a toss-up. Them and the Los Angeles Lakers are a toss-up. I don't know who's better between the two. I mean, maybe I give the edge to the Suns because they actually made the playoffs and they were actually a number one seed last year. But last year is last year. Sacramento Kings got better. The Thunder got better. So you got to look at the whole outlook of the Western Conference. Now, I do think that Phoenix can maybe win 48, 49 games next year. They'll be a hell of a regular season team. They will run the score up on some of these teams. But that shit will not work in the playoffs. Like, I don't see them winning a series against Golden State, the Clippers, Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks. I'm not sure if they can beat the Pelicans now. The Pelicans beat them two games last year. They beat them two games. Even without their current roster now. So you have to look into this shit before you actually can talk about it. But Aiton, the Suns needed to bring Aiton back. Because if not, there would have been a huge hole in the middle. Now, let's move on. Kyrie reveals from some people in the streets that he wants to stay in Brooklyn whether Kevin Durant is there or not. I mean, he opted in for a reason. But deep down in my mind, I could see Kyrie signing with the Lakers next year. But, I mean, his heart currently is saying that he wants to stay in Brooklyn. I mean, KD might as well stay one more year. I mean, come on. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets should should trade him. Meanwhile, Brooklyn is doing everything possible to trade Kyrie. But coming up with blanks. The Los Angeles Fakers continue to offer that Taylor Horton Tucker and that 2027 first round pick. That shit ain't enough. Playboy, and they don't want Russell Westbrook. So you can dead that shit. Y'all stuck, fakers. And the West is passing y'all by too. Y'all in the same boat as the Phoenix Suns. But the difference is, 
But the difference is the uh the Suns actually made the playoffs. <laughs> Y'all didn't. <laughs> Conway laugh. Pelicans Pelicans Twitter violates the Los Angeles Lakers Twitter. This was kind of funny. I saw this exchange. So the Lakers decided, well, a Lakers fan decided to tweet, the Pelicans NBA profile pick is a selfie of their players. Take notes. The Los Angeles Lakers have their uh, championships, you know, as their uh, profile picture. And the Pelicans responded by saying, yes, our players enjoy sitting next to the court Sitting next to each other rather than on the opposite ends of the court. <laughs> That's funny because, you know, Westbrook and LeBron were sitting on opposite ends, you know, as opposed to last season when they was all buddy-buddy and shit. It was all good just a year ago until LeBron, with his passive aggression, wants you traded. After that situation went down... And he was telling people behind Russell Westbrook's back that he wanted him traded instead of in his face. He stopped fucking with Braun. And I don't blame him. Why fuck with some fake niggas? Um, Austin Rivers signed a deal to Minnesota. I think this is a good pickup for Minnesota because they need bodies right now. You know how I feel about the initial pickup? It's a... <sighs> It's a snoozer, but it's a neat, though. Because, you know, you basically traded your whole motherfucking team for Rudy Gobert. You traded all your debt for Rudy Gobert. So Austin Rivers has been a solid backup in the league for quite a while. And they need every they need bodies, 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 bodies. Very bad. Meek Mill, let's talk about Meek Mill. Meek Mill leaves Rock Nation, allegedly. So, over the years, Meek Mill, you know, teamed up with Jay-Z, you know, Dream Chasers label, who has no artists. <laughs> I can't name a nigga that sign over there. Reform Alliance to launch a non-profit organization called Reform Alliance. And this year he expressed his frustrations about his label not promoting expensive pain. Mind you, he's managed by Rock Nation and signed to Rick Ross and Warner. Stating that they didn't put nothing into expensive pain and then said, I can't drop another project for nine months. At the end of my contract, after I made them hundreds of millions, how would anybody, how can, how can anybody survive that? Most rappers can't speak because they depend on these companies. I don't. He also took aim at Atlantic Records being the reason why him and rapper Roddy Rich had a falling out. I didn't know that. I didn't even know they had a falling out. 
I wonder what that was over. I don't really give a fuck, but it's an interesting story. And, you know, he explained that he didn't leave, technically leave Rock Nation as he still associates with them about the prison reform thing. You know, but on the outside of looking in, they used Meek Mill. Rock Nation used Meek Mill to develop that reform plan. They don't they didn't care about his music like that. Expensive pain was expensive trash. Meek Mill is another one of those artists that came in the game with fire in his belly. And None of his albums but one lived up to the actual hype. If you look at Meek Mill's discography, it's a bunch of mid-packs. With the exceptions of Championships, which I view is a classic album, in my opinion. Outside of that, the rest of his projects have been average to mediocre. His most mediocre being Expensive Pain, which is understandable as to why the label did not promote it. Because... Can you name the single off that album? I can't. Now, there are songs that were potential singles. I can't name anything that was memorable on Expensive Pain. With the exception of maybe Hot with Moneybag Yo that had single potential. But despite that, though, he still had a good first week, though. I think he sold like 85, 90,000. That's not bad for an album without a strong ass single. Let's see, what was. I'm trying to remember what the single was. I think the single had Lil Baby and, uh, and Lil Dirk on it, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was called Switching Locations. That song was kind of straight. Just got to double check here. Expensive Pain was expensive and painful on my ears because there was nothing really memorable here. Not at all. Like, if I'm deleting something off my iPod, this is one of the first things that's going out. Like, sharing locations was only hot because of Baby and Dirk. All I seen today was Meek and Rock part ways. I'm personally handling my own business so I can take risks and grow. We came to that agreement together. I have a label deal with The Rock for my artist. And I got reformed super tied with them and many other investments with Ho. Which artist, Meek? What is your roster? Oh, Melly? Did you sign? You signed that nigga to Jay-Z? Don't tell me you got old Melly's signed with Jigga. That, that'd be funny. And Rock Nation is my family. Don't mix my post aimed at Atlantic mixed up with Rock or MMG. They ain't stopped nothing. We made about 100 million together. Jazz, Mike, and Hope saved my life and put a lot of energy in it. I'm not behind on favors in life with people. I'm good. Well, 
I believe that. It's believable that Meek Mill went off and did his own thing, but you still was used. Atlantic and MMG didn't promote the album. That's also a fact. So, in that case, I believe Meek. Well, tonight, tonight we got some artists dropping some new shit tonight, allegedly. Well, one thing I know for a fact, Lloyd Banks' The Course of the Inevitable 2 is coming out tonight. Well, today, once you hear this, because it's currently 12.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I am. So we got Lloyd Banks dropping the sequel to what I call a classic album, The Course of the Inevitable. It's just Prime Banks. You know, if you haven't heard The Course of the Inevitable, I suggest you check that shit out. Because that is a classic album, ladies and gentlemen. Banks is probably at his lyrical peak on that project. Even more than the original Hunger for More. Because you got maturity. And I'm pretty sure that the course of the inevitable two will not disappoint. CMG is dropping their group album. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Now that's a project I'm looking forward to because CMG currently has the best roster. They do. They have the best roster. I mean, you got Yo Gotti, Moneybag Yo, Black Youngster, ESTG, Glorilla, 42 Doug. They signed another female artist, but I forgot her name. God damn it. But, um, we have been waiting on the next crew. To drop the album. And it just so happens. That Yo Gotti. Is readying his crew. To drop some great posse cuts. And I can't wait. I can't wait man. It's going to be scary hours in hip-hop, baby. Scary hours. They call the project Gangsta Art, by the way. And I'm not mad at that. That's not necessarily... And, oh yeah, I forgot. Mozzie was a recent signing. Blockboy JB. Wow. That roster is loaded. That's crazy, bro. That's a wild ass roster. 
This is their second album as well. Then last but not least, Tanache's dropping an EP called Nashe. I'm a big fan of her, so I mean I was disappointed in her last project, 333, but I'll see what the EP is is talking about. I'm interested. Let's see if these four songs do anything to move the needle. But other than that, that is my show. I'm surprised I got this to stretch to 36 minutes. Thank you for checking out Kane Known Uncensored. Eight picks, and I'm out.